High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. How many of you know that Jesus is the healer? Do you believe that today? How many believe that Jesus is healer? Can, can you look at somebody and say, Jesus is the healer? Come on, tell them, Jesus is the healer. He revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha. He said, I am the Lord that heals thee. I am your healer, praise God. And, um, you know, I thought about this sometime. One, one of the things that we did, I would specifically say, uh, in the 80s, and, uh, many people don't realize that worship like we have right now hasn't always been existent within the church. And, uh, I, you know, I was raised in church my entire life, and we sang out of a hymn book. And some of you probably came from a church where you sang out of the hymn book and sang Blessed Assurance and I'll Fly Away and Won't It Be Wonderful There. And 90% of everything you sang had to do with going to heaven. Now, heaven's a wonderful place, but how many of you know, it's amazing. You know, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die to get there. And, uh, you know, we used to sing, I'll fly away. Did anybody sing, I'll fly away? This is not the message tonight, but anyway. Did you sing, I'll fly away? Did anybody sing, I'll fly away? You know, in our church, you know, we had the, the ladies, and, and again, I, I tell you all the time, I thank God for my Pentecostal upbringing. I tell you what, you, some people may say, well, aren't you embarrassed about some of the things uh, that may have went on in your Pentecostal church? I, and my answer is, you know what, uh, we had a lot more life in our firehouse than you did in your ice house. Praise God. Amen. And uh, so, but anyway, we, we had ladies, they'd wear their hair up. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know, and Kathy, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm not just saying this to make fun of anybody, but in our Pentecostal church, they'd wear their hair up like this you know and the beehives okay and uh but anyway and they put them up in bobby pins and they'd start they'd, they'd say turn to 355 i'll fly away and all of a sudden the next would start doing this and i'm telling they could already feel the anointing just whenever it's they said turn to 355 and we start singing i'll fly away and of course everybody thought the song had to do with jesus coming and you know and the rapture of the church and uh, but the reality was this uh, it has nothing to do with Jesus coming. It has everything to do with dying, okay? But anyway, we had ladies that shout the hair down. For you that weren't brought up in Pentecost, you don't know what in the world I'm talking about. But for you that were, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's only so much stress that a bobby pin can handle. And um, th that head had to begin to jerk, and the next thing you know, bobby pins are flying here and there, and they'd shout the hair down. But, uh, you know, and, and they thought that they were getting excited about Jesus coming, but in reality, the entire song is just about dying. So most of the songs that we sang had to do with us dying and won't it be wonderful there, having no burdens to bear, you know, uh, will there be any stars in my crown and all these other things that we would sing. And, uh, and so I'm going somewhere with this. I'm taking the long scenic route to get there. But, uh, you know, in, in, in the late 70s, I was introduced to what we now call praise and worship music, okay? And most of it was scripture choruses back then. Does anybody remember that? Almost every song, there was, you were singing scripture, you know? And, and please understand, this is not said to be critical, but it seems like a lot of the modern worship songs today have very little scripture uh, contained within the songs are not necessarily bad, but there's not as much scripture, not as much word based. One of the things that we've attempted to do here is make sure that every song we sing, that there is a solid word foundation in whatever we're singing. Because in order to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, you got to worship him with the word. Spirit and in truth. The truth is God's word. Jesus even said, your word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Your word is truth. So to worship God in spirit and in truth, you've got to have songs that are uh, encapsulating the word of God. There's songs that are uh, bringing forth and declaring God's promises and God's word. And, and so it's so important that we sing the word. But, you know, there was a lot of power within that. There was a lot of things that began to happen in the midst of that whenever we began to sing the word and sing the, uh, the, make those declarations. And so, um, you know, one of the, I don't know exactly where I was going in that, but that was a good little journey there. 
but it is important that we sing the word. And so, you know, worship wasn't always as it is right now. And, you know, I'm very thankful that there's a freedom in worship that we have here in this church body. And I'm thankful that he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is, everybody shout liberty. And when I first uh, came down right before we started worship, Caleb was down here. I don't know if anybody saw him. I mean, he had a new dance going on. It was going this but anyway isn't it wonderful that the kids actually can come and worship the Lord and they're not being they're they're not being amen they're they, they're not having to escape religious the religious traditions of men as they get older they, they, they just grow up in an atmosphere that hey I can lift my hands hey I can dance hey I can shout this is the way God created us to worship him amen well, we're going to shift gears here. We began to share some things several weeks ago on prayer. Actually, I think I shared twice, and Pastor Joshua shared uh, last week on prayer. Been some really good ministry that's been going on. And uh, I was thinking, even before I came to, this, uh, to the uh, church tonight, one of the scriptures that was really rolling around in my spirit and my heart is whenever Jesus said that my house will be called a house of prayer. My house will be called a house of prayer. Now, he said that over in Matthew 21, he was in the midst of cleansing the temple. And of course, the uh, money changers and those that were there, they had desecrated the temple. And as he begins to cleanse the temple, he says, my house will be called a house of prayer. You've made it a den of robbers. But the plan of God all along is that his house would be a house of prayer. Now understand there's three different dimensions of the house of the Lord. Number one, first and foremost, you are the house of the Lord. Over there in Corinthians it says, don't you know that your body is the temple of the, it's the temple of the what? It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Everybody say Holy Ghost. We're going to go back to the original King James Version. It says, know you not that your body is the temple of the, uh, the Holy Ghost, Right? So you yourself are the house of the Lord. So whenever Jesus said that my house will be called a house of prayer, first and foremost, he was saying this, it is my plan that you have a lifestyle of prayer. Your house is to be a house of prayer. Can I tell you, it's not difficult to get people to pray in church if they're praying outside of church. If you're praying daily, you see, you got to understand that prayer is not something that you do merely whenever you are in trouble and you need some help in your life. Prayer is something that you should do every single day of your life. As a matter of fact, you can pray anywhere at any time that you so desire. You know, the thing that many spirit-filled believers don't realize is that you can pray in tongues anywhere. Did you know that? Do you know when you're driving down the street, you can pray in tongues? As a matter of fact, it's a good idea to pray in the spirit whenever you're driving, particularly if you're in real heavy traffic. Right? It's a good idea. You know, whenever you're shopping in Winn-Dixie or Walmart or Publix or wherever it is, you know, you can pray in the spirit. I walk around, you know, one of the things that when my wife and I, when we first got married, one of the things I realized very quickly is that she liked to shop. How many of you ladies like to shop? Any ladies like to shop? You know, I figured if our marriage was going to survive, I was going to have to learn how to do it a little bit. And so, I, you know, what I did, I, instead of, you know, it's really easy to grumble and complain about where you're at, but can I tell you, it's very difficult to grumble and complain if you're praying in the Spirit. And so when you're in situations where you really don't, you know, like it and it's really uncomfortable, learn to pray in the Spirit wherever you're at. You know, you can walk around in Dillard's and pray in the Holy Ghost. Right? You can walk around in J.C. Penney. Well, Teresa works at Dillard's, you know. I'm sure she has times praying in the Holy Ghost right there behind the counter. Sit, you know, stand there behind the clinic counter. Right? It's better than, listen, it's better than letting your mind go all over the place and listen to the crazy people all around you. Hallelujah. Right? And so, you know, we as believers need to learn to be a house of prayer. So that means wherever we go, we're always praying. 
And people that, you know, our staff, they see me whenever I walk around. When I go from one building to the others, I'll pray in the Holy Ghost. When I get up and take a shower in the morning, I pray in the Holy Ghost. Whenever I'm getting dressed, I pray in the Holy Ghost. Whenever I'm getting my coffee, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost and rejoicing at the same time. You know, whatever you're doing, you can learn to pray. Make your house a house of prayer. How many of you would just make this, uh, make, I want you to, I'm challenging you right now that for the next week, that every day that you get up, in the morning, one of the first things that you do is pray in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says whenever you begin to pray in the Spirit, number one, you begin to edify yourself. You build yourself up. You recharge your spiritual batteries. But not only that, but actually whenever you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, it causes your faith to be strengthened. I know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, but it also says building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, right? And so what happens is your foundation is your faith, but it makes you strong whenever you pray in the Holy Ghost. And so it's important that we do that. One of the things that also happens whenever you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of the Lord will begin to speak to you. And instead of listening to wrong voices, you'll begin to tune into the right voice. Listen, there's a lot of voices that are out there in the world today. And I know I have two books back there. And I encourage you, if you don't have the two books on voices, I would encourage you to get them and read them. They will help you an immense amount and will help you be able to discern what is the right voice to listen to and what are the wrong voices to listen to. You know, I will tell you this, there are more wrong voices and deceptive voices than there are accurate voices. And that's the reason we need to learn how to discern properly. And, but if you learn to pray in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost will help you discern properly. And so, you know, again, this is, I'm a little bit off the subject, but it's important to make your house a house of prayer. Second of all, we become the house of the Lord whenever we, we come together collectively. We, as the body of Christ, we are the house of the Lord. I don't have time to teach on all of that, but you know what? Whenever we come together, it's, although it's good to fellowship, we focus even on fellowship, but understand also it is a time for us to come together and pray. Okay, do you know that worship itself is a kind of prayer? It is a type of prayer. And so whenever we begin to worship, there is prayer that is going on even in the midst of our worship, even in the midst of our praise. And so it's important that we actually understand the importance of not just coming and hearing the word, but we also, we come to pray. We are to be a house of prayer. Let me say it like this. High praise is to be a house of prayer individually and corporately, but also even the building that we're in, okay? This is, this is a place that is designed for prayer to take place. It is designed for us to pray together. It's designed, yes, for us to gather together, yes, to fellowship together, but it is designed for us to pray together. And a lot of times we don't realize actually how much prayer is going on, I would say, particularly even a Sunday morning service in the midst of our prophesying, in the midst of the things that we're doing. There's a constant flow of prayer. That is the way that God designed things to be. He's called us to be a house of prayer. Amen? Now, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, we're going to dig into this. It says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You know, I think that many times what's happened is we have read what many have referred to as the Lord's Prayer and we've tried to garner the mechanics of prayer. And uh, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that in itself. But I want everybody to understand that I believe that Jesus is doing so much more whenever he's teaching his disciples to pray here. He's doing so much more than trying to articulate some type of mechanics or some type of formula for prayer to be done in. Does everybody understand that? In other words, he's not just saying these are the mechanics of prayer or this is the formula of prayer. I believe that what Jesus is actually expressing whenever he teaches the disciples to pray, he is just, he's actually teaching on the heart of prayer. There are concepts, there are understandings that you need to have whenever you begin to pray. Now we begin to share upon uh, this last time that I ministered and we said there's six specific things that I believe that Jesus begins to speak of 
concerning prayer that we need to actually embrace. The first is the focus of prayer. Everybody say focus of prayer. So again, it's not a formula and it's not a mechanic. So he's, he's given us the heart of prayer as he's teaching his disciples. So the first thing that he's showing us is the focus of prayer. We began to share about this last time. It's all about him, our Father who art in heaven. You gotta first and foremost understand that prayer is about him, right? I said prayer is about him. The focus of prayer is to him. He is the focus of our worship. He is the focus of our prayer. You see, it's not just articulating some words out of our mouth and making some declarations. He is the focus of our prayer, amen? Listen, everything we do in Christianity, in one way or another, it's got to point back to him or we're missing the boat somewhere. If it's not pointing back to Jesus in some manner or some way, then we're missing the boat. Everything we do in worship has got to point back to him. Let me say it another way. It's not pointing back to the brass section or the woodwinds. It's not pointing back to the keyboards. It's not pointing back to the drummer. It's not pointing back to the worship leader. It's not pointing back to an experience that you might have actually as we are worshiping. It is always pointing back to Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, it's all about him. See, and the very first thing that we do in prayer is we're to acknowledge relationship. Now, I've already shared on this, but I believe that it bears to be repeated. Understand this, you receive nothing because of your merit. You receive everything from the Lord because of his grace. It's because of his mercy. It's because of his love. You can't earn anything. How many of you know you couldn't earn salvation, right? And by the way, you can't earn healing. And you can't earn prosperity. And you can't earn deliverance. You can't do anything to earn any of it whatsoever. It is all based upon the very grace of God. It's based upon his love for you. Amen? And so understand this. We have to just, you know, by faith receive everything that he has for us. So the first thing that the Lord is doing when he's teaching the disciples to pray is the first thing that you've got to acknowledge is relationship. Because everything that you receive in prayer is gonna be based solely upon relationship, not merit. This is so important to get. As a matter of fact, I've already taught on this, but if you didn't get it last time, you need to grab hold of it right now. Because everything, if you approach prayer in a manner of, God, I did this, so I deserve this. Listen, you will not get anything that way. God's not rewarding or awarding you anything based upon your merit. He, it doesn't matter if you preached to thousands of people and gotten thousands of people saved and prophesied to a million people. Understand this, God does not answer prayer based upon merit. He base, it, is, it is answered entirely based upon your relationship with him. Amen? And by the way, when I talk about relationship, I'm saying this. If you are a son or a daughter of God, if you are born again, you have a right to go into the throne room and get whatever you need. Ask whatever. That's what Jesus said. Whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you. That's what he said. Whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you. How many know that Jesus said what he meant and he meant what he said? And if Jesus said that he would give it to you, that, what does that mean? That means he'll give it to you. If you have need of something and you go ask him, he's gonna give it to you. I've given the illustration before on numerous occasions, but when I go over to my mom and dad's on Sunday afternoon, you know, to have lunch, I don't ask, can I have a Mountain Dew? I don't ask, can I have this or that? You know what, if I, can, if, if I know where it's at, I go and I just go get it myself, right? He puts the steaks out, he puts the salmon out or whatever else he's cooking. You know what I do? I just go get whatever I want. He brings in the fried okra. You know what I do? I start eating it before they even say the blessing. I do. That fried okra is just sitting around there. I just go ahead and sneak some. Okay? I'm a, I, that's a weak point in my life, fried okra. Okay? And so I would just go ahead and start eating it. And so we have to understand whenever you go into the very throne of God, you don't have to wait for anything. You don't have to beg for anything. You don't have to plead for anything. You don't have to bargain. You ever heard of anybody bargaining in prayer? God, if you do this, then I'll do that. Hey, you're not going to get anything that way. You don't have anything to offer to God where you can barter for anything. There's nothing that you have that he needs, 
right? But he has everything that you need. That's the reason he said, listen, you just got to look to me as father. You got to look to me like a father because, listen, every father, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good things to those who ask? So he said, everything has got to be based on relationships. So the first thing is the focus of prayer. It's all about him, okay? So prayer based upon merit never produces anything. We talked about that. We're in covenant with we're in covenant with God. The very blood of Jesus has brought us into covenant. And therefore, we come based upon the merit of the blood, not based upon the merit of our works. Listen, you ought to shout about that. We, we come based upon the merit of the blood. That blood speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Hallelujah. That blood says that now I'm now righteous. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That blood says that I am healed. That blood says that I am whole. That blood says that I'm redeemed and I stand before God just like I never did anything wrong. Amen. Amen. The second thing is the purpose of prayer. What is the purpose of prayer? Jesus states it. Whenever you pray, pray in this manner. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the purpose of prayer is this, very simply stated. It is to pull heaven into earth. It is to pull the will of God into the earth realm. That is one of the reasons that we pray. We pray in order to create a highway whereby God can establish his kingdom and his will in the earth. Listen, you need to hear this. The will of God will not automatically happen and it will not automatically be done. The reality is this, if you want the will of God to be done within your life, then you've got to pull it into the earth realm. We have to receive it by faith. We have to begin to grab hold of it and pull it into the realm of the earth. Because understand, God's will is healing, but just because people aren't healed doesn't mean that, that's not, that it's not the will of God for them to be healed. How do you know it's the will of God for everybody to be healed? Right? Do you know it's the will of God for everybody to be saved? Do you know it's the will, it is actually the will of God, not the will of God, that any should perish. That's what, you know, it says in the Bible. It's not the will of God that any should perish. However, every day there are people that perish. There are people that die. There are people that go to hell. They're not going there because it's the will of God. They're going there because they didn't pull the will of God from the heavenly realm into the earth realm. Now, I don't have time to really go into great depth on this, but you've got to understand that God's plan all along has been that heaven come to earth. It's amazing how we're all, you know, it seems like a lot of times we're praying about and singing about getting out of the earth. And he says, what I'm telling you to do is not to pray to get out of the earth. I'm telling you to pray heaven into earth. Can you see? There's a big difference in that. There's a big difference from praying heaven into earth versus praying to get out of the earth. You know what? The church needs to stop trying to get out of the earth. And what we need to start doing is pulling heaven into the earth. Praise God. That's what God wants us to do. We need to pull heaven into earth. Look at somebody and say, we got to pull heaven into earth. We're never, we are never told anywhere in the Bible, no, never anywhere in the Bible are we told to pray to get out. Again, we're, prayed, we're, we're commanded to pray for heaven to come in. The biblical pattern that Jesus establishes, not necessarily what you may have heard prayed in your church, but with a biblical pattern that Jesus established, your previous church, the biblical pattern that Jesus established is that we know what we know in heaven to pray that it be established within the earth realm. That means every area of society and culture, family, career, health, finances, mental health, spirit, soul, and body. If it's in heaven, then that's what God's will is here on the earth. How many of you know that in heaven there is no sickness? How many know in heaven there is no poverty? How many know in heaven there is no lack? How many know that in heaven there are no family problems? How many know in heaven there is no divorce? In heaven there is no separation. In heaven there is nothing that the enemy has fostered in the earth. And so the whole goal that we see, the purpose of prayer that Jesus established is this. You pull heaven into earth. That's what you're supposed to be doing whenever you pray. God wants heaven. You might want to write this down. God wants heaven to touch every area of your life. 
How many of you say, I want heaven to touch every area of my life? Come on. Just say, just saying, I want heaven to touch every area of my life. I want heaven to touch my family. Can I tell you, whenever heaven touches your family, all of a sudden the marital issues begin to fall to the side. When heaven touches your family, what happens is your kids begin to serve God. Your kids come into an alignment and they begin to serve the Lord. Amen. You see, whenever heaven begins to touch your business, all of a sudden there's contracts that open up and money begins to flow. Whenever heaven begins to touch these different areas and arenas of your life, I'm telling you, it will change everything around you. And that's the purpose of prayer. The next thing that Jesus speaks of specifically is what we call the provision of prayer. In other words, even though God knows you have the need, he says, you still ask me anyway. Why does he want to ask you to ask it? Because he wants to create within you a dependence upon him. Will you not lean to the arm of the flesh? Because the Bible actually says, cursed is the man who makes flesh his strength. If you're going around saying, I'm a self-made man, what you're actually saying is, I'm choosing to walk in the curse. Because I want everybody to understand this. There aren't any really self-made men. And I wouldn't want to be a self-made man. I want to be a God-made man. I want my business or whatever venture I might have in the natural, I want it to be something that God is enabling me and God is empowering me and his grace is working through me in order to establish it. Because I will tell you, if you're just leaning to the arm of the flesh, ultimately the strength of the arm of the flesh will run out. But can I tell you, whenever you trust in the Lord, hallelujah, whenever you don't lean to your own understanding, but you trust in the Lord, I'm telling you what, his arm will never fail. His strength will never fail. He will always come through regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance. Listen, there is nothing that is too difficult for him to do, and he will not fail in your life, hallelujah. That's the reason I'm not depending on my own strength. I'm not depending upon my own power to keep things going. No, Lord, we're looking to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. But there's provision in prayer. And Jesus talks about that. He said, I want you, you know, give us this day. He said, whenever you pray, pray, give us this day. What he's talking, what he's talking about is provision, whatever you have need of. He spoke specifically of our daily bread. But I want everybody to understand that it could be healing, it could be deliverance, it could be whatever else you might have need of. It might be a family situation. Whatever you have need of, there is provision whenever you begin to pray. Every need will be supplied whenever you begin to pray. See, God will always bring provision through prayer. Again, Jesus said, ask and you will receive. All right? He didn't say, ask and I'll think about it. He said, ask and you shall receive. Even though the Father knows your needs already, he still says to ask. Why? Again, as I said, stated already, it establishes dependency upon the Lord. We don't lean to our own ability, we're leaning to him, amen? What's very interesting, whenever the Israelites, whenever they were going into the land to take possession of the land, this is what the Lord spoke to them over there in Deuteronomy. And he says, whenever you go into the land, and you build houses, and you have livestock, and you see my blessing come forth within your life. This is what he said. Let no man say, it is my might, and it's my power that has gotten me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Amen? What he said is, don't let anybody say, I'm a self-made man. What he was actually saying is you have to begin to declare, it is the Lord that brings provision in my life. God is the one who has blessed me. You see, the Bible says this, unless the Lord build the house, they that labor, they, they labor in vain. You know what? There's a lot of people that are laboring in vain. They may have a measure of success, but ultimately it will crash because they're laboring in their own strength and in their own might and in their own power. You know, I would encourage every one of you today to make a decision. You know what? I'm not going to labor in my own strength. I'm going to depend upon the Lord. Amen? It's not me. I don't have the power. I'm just thinking on a church level. The reality is everything that we have here, yes, there was work. Yes, there was diligence. 
because that's required biblically, but understand this, at the end of the day, unless God builds the house, everybody that labored, we're all laboring in vain, right? Unless the Lord's building the house, unless we're co-laboring with him, unless we're laboring with his strength and his might and his power, it's all for naught. Aren't you glad that we don't have to labor in our own strength, amen? The next thing is the attitude of prayer. He says this, next thing that Jesus says when he's teaching on prayer, he said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us, I'd like to just focus a moment on the words lead us. So understand this, that in prayer there is a heart of submission that is actually to be demonstrated whenever we pray. So he says, lead us, lead us. In other words, what the Lord is saying, you need to allow the Lord to lead you. In the midst of your prayer, you begin to submit to the Lord. There's a heart of submission that is to begin to come forth. In other words, we invite him to lead our lives. What we're saying is, God, I'm not gonna do things my way. Lord, I'm gonna allow you to lead me into your way. By the way, God's way is a much better way. If you try to do things your own way, if you try to make your own plans and just go ahead and go through with them because you think that it might work out, I'm telling you, you'll eventually crash. But I will tell you, if you will submit your way, commit your way to the Lord and he will direct, commit your way to the Lord and he will direct your path is what the Bible says. So we have to allow the Lord to lead us. How many of you this evening will say, I want God to lead me? Come on, just say, I want the Lord to lead me. Come on, just say it to the Lord. Don't just say it, but say, Lord, I want you to lead me. Just lift your hands and say, God, lead me. Lead me, Lord. I want you to, I want you to be the good shepherd in my life. Lead me. You see, we have to ask the Lord to lead us. If, if, you, don't, if you don't ask God to lead you, he's not going to interfere with your plans. If you don't submit your plan to the Lord, then he's not going to impose his will, his purpose, or his opinion on the matter. Right? We have to allow the Lord to lead us so we don't go the wrong way and fall and fail. You know, I know long, uh, many years ago there was a song that came out, and I know probably everybody's heard it, Jesus Take the Wheel. Anybody ever hear the song? You know, Jesus Take the Wheel. And it's amazing how often whenever people are in trouble, they want Jesus to take the wheel. But when everything's okay, then they want to do their own thing. Can I tell you, you ought to say, Jesus, take the wheel every day, right? As a matter of fact, don't just take the wheel. I, I'll get in the passenger seat. You get in the driver's seat, and you direct this thing. You direct my path every single day of my life. I tell you, we live in times and seasons right now. More than ever, we need to allow the Lord to direct what we're doing. We need to submit our way into the Lord. And that's forgiven. That's what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about submission in prayer. This is what Isaiah said. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to their own way. Think about that. This is, again, Isaiah prophesying says, all we like sheep have gone astray. What's he saying? He's saying this. A man left to himself, a woman left to themselves, they will always go astray. And more than ever, we need to rely on the Lord to lead us in our everyday life. It's amazing how many people will come to church, you know what, and they allow God to do something within their life on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights. But you know what, they forget about the Lord on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. They forget about him on Monday and Tuesday. And then, you know, they don't really submit their way to the Lord all throughout the week. And I would encourage you every day, you submit your way to the Lord. How many will do that? Say, I'm going to submit my way to the Lord. See, Jesus was saying for us to submit to his leadership. Pray to hear his voice clearly. Don't assume that just because you are saved that you will hear his voice accurately. Listen, I know some saved people that did not hear the voice of the Lord accurately over the last several years and even longer than that. And, you know, I've been in ministry for over 40 years, and I can tell you that I've had people come into my office and say that God spoke to them things that I knew the moment they said it, that God didn't speak it. I, know that I knew the moment they said it. And probably Paul, he could tell you the same thing. He's heard people say, I feel like God told me to, told me to do this. And the moment that you said, you said it, you had bells and whistles going off, and not only that, you knew that this doesn't even line up with the Bible. 
Can I tell you, if it doesn't line up with the Bible, then Jesus is not speaking it. Holy Spirit's not speaking it. God's not speaking it if it doesn't line up with the Word, okay? And so, you know, again, you have to allow the Lord to lead you and guide you. And I'll just go ahead and say this. Just because somebody prophesies and says, thus saith the Lord, even though we believe in the prophetic, we, we embrace the prophet's ministry, we embrace the prophetic, absolutely. Y'all know where we stand on all these things. But understand this, every prophecy, I don't care who it is and I don't care what it is, we are commanded to actually evaluate it and measure it to make sure, that's the reason it says, prove all things. That's what Paul said, talking specifically about prophecy. He said, prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. In other words, we have to test it. And just because somebody gets up and says, thus saith the Lord, does not necessarily mean that God is speaking it or saying it. And, it, you know, it, unfortunately, sometimes, uh, particularly in prophetic circles, people have gotten to a point to where they're almost afraid to evaluate prophetic words. But I want everybody to understand, a part of the prophetic is actually evaluating words that are prophesied and words that are declared. Amen? And by the way, you need to be very careful just who pro the people that are prophesying. You better, you better look at their lifestyle. You better look at their track record. And if they got a track record of always prophesying things that never come to pass, then I would encourage you, don't take stock in those prophetic words. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? If they got a history of the words don't come to pass, why would you want to believe that? Other than it's something that you like to hear. Well, that's a whole nother message. Okay? You got to pray to hear his voice accurately. You got to pray to hear his voice clearly. Okay? And here's the last thing that Jesus talks about, and that is this the victory of prayer. I like this. The victory of prayer. He said, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So prayer is a time where we begin to declare the victory that we have through Christ Jesus. In prayer, we thank him and rejoice that it is done. This is the last thing that Jesus specifically says. What is he saying whenever he talks about, for yours is the kingdom. He's going back to one. First of all, this is the manifestation of your kingdom and the power. It is the dunamis. In other words, the answer to the prayer for healing is the dunamis power of God manifested within my life. Amen. And it's for your glory. Start giving him glory before you actually even see it. Hallelujah. The greatest manifestation of your faith is praise before you actually see it happen. Listen, you've got to learn to praise and worship God even in the midst of hellacious situations. Have you ever been there? Has anybody ever been there? I've told you, I've been there numerous times before. And one of the greatest weapons of warfare that you have is if you'll go ahead and begin to praise God even whenever it seems like things are going the wrong direction. Some of you may be in some situations right now where it seems like things are going the wrong way. Maybe it seems like things are going, as they would say, going south, you know, and it's not going in the direction that you want it to go. I would encourage you today, go ahead and start praising God and thanking God for the answer, even though you might not be able to see any evidence of it right now. The greatest manifestation of your faith is to lift your hands and give God glory even whenever it seems like everything is going awry. Right? You have to make a decision to do that. You don't feel like doing it. Come on, let's just be honest. You know, when things are like that, you want to go somewhere and cry. Right? You want, to, you want to go somewhere and have a pity party. That's what your flesh wants to do. You want to sing the hee-haw song. I was told not to use that analogy because nobody knows that one anymore. But the gloom, despair, agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have. See, that's what happens whenever things are not going the way that you want to go, the way that you want to see it go. But you've got to make a decision, yet I will praise him. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Lord, I'm going to give you glory even whenever it looks dark, even whenever it looks like it's midnight, even when it looks like we're about to crash. Lord, I make a decision to praise you, and I will rejoice in the victory that I have in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You have to make that decision, though, okay? I mean, I wish sometimes I could be right there with you to encourage you. Okay, I wish I could be there, Brother Larry, at 
work to kind of encourage you, you know. I wish I could be there, Paul, to encourage you. I wish I could be there, Pastor Joshua. I know he wishes, and please understand how I say this. Maybe he doesn't, I don't know. You know, but I, I want to be able to be there to encourage you. But the reality is I'm not going to be at your work spot in the morning, okay? There's one of me. That's it, okay? There's one of me. And so what you've got to do is you've got to stir yourself up. You've got to encourage yourself in that moment. You have to make a decision. I want everybody to hear this because for so long, you know, it, 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 and I, I'm speaking specifically from what I've seen in the past many times is Pentecostal charismatic people, even prophetic people, we base a lot of things on emotions of a moment. And if we felt real excited, then we would praise God. You know what? If things were going good, then we'd praise God and we'd rejoice. We get a miracle testimony and hallelujah, we're going to get our praise on. But you know what? The real test of your character and your integrity and the faith that's living on the inside of you is what do you do whenever things are not going the way that you want them to go? What are you going to do? What are you going to do in that moment? You know what? And you're probably not going to have somebody there right there in your ear. You're not going to have, I'm talking about a natural person. And you have to allow the Holy Spirit to rise up on the inside of you. You have to allow the Word of God to rise up on the inside of you in those moments, in those times. Again, understand I've been through those times whenever you're wrestling. It's like death and life. I mean, are in the balance and you're having to war a good warfare. And you have to continue to give God praise even whenever it seems like things are not moving in the right direction. But I'm telling you, hear this. Every time I've always seen victory on the other side. I've always seen victory on the other side. You know why? Because Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. Would you look at somebody and say, Jesus never fails. So you have to put your attention and your focus, going back to the very first principle, the focus of prayer is him. I'm putting my confidence and my dependency upon you, Lord. I'm submitting my life. I'm asking as you've commanded because there's provision that you've already declared. But Lord, more than anything, I'm depending upon you. It's easy to get into a place where, you know, you feel like if you can work it out, then it's going to be okay. But listen, every single one of us at some point in time within our life, we are faced with impossible situations. We are faced with situations that we do not have the power, nor the ability, nor the wherewithal to change the situation. But can I tell you, I know somebody, and you know somebody, that has the power to turn things around. You know somebody that has the power to take the darkest moment and shine the brightest light. You know somebody who has the power to take the worst disease, stage three pancreatic cancer, and turn it around and bring healing in the body to the point where there is no trace of cancer. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You know somebody that whenever it seems like all hope is lost financially, but God will break through in the moment and do things that you didn't think were possible nor was able to do. My God is a provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Sidney. He's Jehovah Shammah, the Lord that is with you. And if you'll place your dependence upon him, I'm telling you, he will never fail you. And he will show up in a mighty way, in a mighty demonstration of his power. Would you stand to your feet today? Listen, I'm speaking words of encouragement to you today. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to know that whenever you begin to pray, you can expect answers. You can expect God to do great things in your life. You can expect powerful demonstrations of the Holy Spirit. As I said before, we don't pray just to be praying. We're not just praying in order to just say some words and do some type of fulfill some type of religious obligation. We pray because there's answers that God has promised us. We pray because we're commanded, yes, but we pray for results. We pray, we make him the focus, and then let him do the work. I hope you understand that principle. We make him the focus, and then he does the work. You see, I'm not, if, if in prayer you're trying to beg, then you're making your begging the focus. 
You follow what I'm saying? I'm not begging. I'm making him the focus and letting him do the work. And so how many of you today, tonight in this meeting will say, I'm making a quality decision that I'm going to make my house a house of prayer. And I'm going to make him the focus and I'm going to let him do the work. I'm going to make him the focus and let him do the work. My house will be called a house of prayer. Lord, you are the focus, and I'm letting you do the work. Amen. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now and pray this with me. I declare in the name of Jesus, my house. Come on, say it. My house, my house, my body, my soul, my spirit will be a house of prayer. In the name of Jesus, I will be a prayer warrior. I will daily seek the face of the Lord. Lord, I make you the focus, and I let you do the work. I make you the focus, and I let you do the work. I don't have the ability, and I don't have the wherewithal to do what needs to be done. So I place my dependency upon you today. You are the focus, and you will do the work. I make you the focus and let you do the work. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Can you give the Lord a shout tonight? You know, that phrase just keeps coming up over and over in my spirit tonight, that we make him the focus and then let him do the work. This is something, a very simple principle, but we make him the focus and let him do the work. Lord, I make Jehovah Rapha the focus, and now I'm going to let you do the work. Okay? I'm not striving in prayer. I'm making you the focus in prayer, and I'm letting you do the work. Amen? Lord, we thank you that you are faithful. Our God is a faithful God. Jesus never fails. He is faithful, and he will do everything that he promised that he would do. Lord, we lift our hands and we give you praise today. Come on, go ahead and begin to thank him. Whatever you have need of, go ahead and begin to thank him. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. So, Lord, we give you glory for it now. Lord, we thank you for your dunamis power that's being made manifest. Lord, I thank you for turning around family situations. For you that are believing for the prodigals, we decree in the name of Jesus, Lord, you're the focus. You want them saved. Lord, do the work within their lives now. In Jesus' name, we look to you. Lord, bring provision in the situation. In Jesus' mighty name. Oh, Lord, we thank you for it now. We thank you for it now. We thank you for it now. In the name of Jesus. 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 Lord, we shake off every spirit of discouragement. Everybody just do this right now. Just, just, just as, a, as a prophetic gesture, I, we break off and we shake off. Mm. That's The Lord has said, I'm breaking off and you're shaking off discouragement today. Lord, we break off and we shake off discouragement today in the name of Jesus. There's some of you been praying for things for a while, but God's redirecting your prayers. And God says you're going to cause breakthrough to come in your life. You're going to begin to see it. Lord, we thank you that you're breaking and we are shaking off every spirit of discouragement today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that the old wineskin, old wineskins are being reformed in the name of Jesus. The old wineskin is being reformed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can you give God's shout today? Give him a shout of victory. How many of you love the Lord today? Do you love the Lord? Do you love him? Now listen, we're going to be back Sunday. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm going to be here. Now, just so you know, we're going to. there's a lot of the youth. I don't, I don't know if Pastor Joshua told you last Sunday, but last Wednesday we had 110 youth over there in the youth service. We had north of 100 youth. Praise God. Hallelujah. North of 100 youth that were over there this past Wednesday night, and we have like 60 of them going to the the rock the universe and this is a trip that um they're doing down at universal studios there's they have christian groups christian singing groups and uh, uh bands that are going to be there and uh 
It's also a time where they're going to be building relationships. This is something really good for our youth. We really are excited about this. And we thank all of you who have supported it to, to be a blessing to them. Listen, our church, we believe in our young people. We believe in the young people here at High Praise. And we believe that they're worthy of being sown into, right? And, and so there's like 60 of them that's going to be gone. But I, I want everybody to know, I'm going to be here, praise God. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm ready. It's going to be powerful this coming Sunday. You don't want to miss it. And invite some folks to come out. It's been wonderful to see what God's doing. Also, if you are not a member and have it, and you desire to be a member or become a part of our High Praise family, make sure you fill out a membership information form, or I believe you could do it actually on the app. Also, you can fill out an app. Right now we have, I think they said there's about 75 people, new people that are going to, that are joining for, okay, so that 50, I'm right now, and there's some that we know that, have, that are coming that haven't actually signed up yet, so, but that's still a lot, so this is going to be a pretty big membership uh, Sunday that will be coming up in February, on February the 12th, but anyway, we love you and we bless you, we appreciate every one of you, I want you to know that from Pastor Stacey and I, how much we love you and appreciate Every one of you, thank you for your support. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your diligence to serve in any of the areas of ministry that you serve in. You are a blessing to the body of Christ and you're blessing this church body. What I want you to do before you go, we're going to have some teams come up, but reach over and just lay your hand on somebody near you. And I just want you to begin to declare over them provision, begin to declare over them healing, begin to declare over them and pray over them right now. Lord, I thank you. Lord, that even as we pray for one another right now, Lord, that you bring healing. I thank you, Lord, you bring provision. You bring breakthrough. God, you cause things to turn around in their lives. In the name of Jesus, we declare that the destroyer is bound in Jesus' name. We declare in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you're making things new within their life. And Lord God, I declare that miracles are happening and taking place. Throughout this church body, we release miracles, signs, and wonders in the mighty name of Jesus. Let the encouragement of the Holy Ghost begin to arise. Let families be restored. Let families be made whole in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.